Welcome to the Chat With Your Kids podcast. I'm Marcy. And I'm Alex. And we're here to help you tackle the biggest topics through little chats with the kids in your life. Welcome back to another episode of Chat With Your Kids. We are so excited that you're back. And today's episode, we are going to talk um, all about how to chat with your kids about drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, substances, sure. So a little background, a lot of background maybe actually. <laughs> so my life has revolved around substance use in a lot of different ways. Um, maybe it's surprising to hear, but I currently am finishing up my PhD, as you might know, in counseling psychology, and my research focuses on addiction recovery, and I've presented at national conferences and um, local ones as well in different formats. I'm currently doing some research on recovery from opioid addiction, but also um, some of my early life I was addicted to drugs, kind of a variety of substances. In my late teenage years, um, I spent little more than three years kind of in full-blown addiction. and Which started when you were a kid. Yeah, I, I mean, when I was 17. Um, but it took a lot of time, a lot of uh, strong supporting relationships, and a lot of things to help me overcome it. And now uh, I just celebrated my 13th year um, without being addicted and my life is qualitatively different now, and if you know me personally, and I haven't disclosed this to you, it may come as a surprise. It often does to people that they say, like, wait a second, hold on, like, you were addicted to drugs? And yeah, I was. Um, it's not something I hide, I just don't always talk about it, because the truth is, my like, it's not a part of my life anymore, so it's not always relevant, but it is a part of my life history. Yeah. And it's something, like, every year on... Your sobriety date, I guess. We try and do something like some service, or this year was kind of a big deal because he was, we've talked about it, but it was a few days before his sobriety date. He was the keynote speaker um, for World Mental Health Day and shared a bit of his story. And I think over the podcast, you'll hear more and more of that. But <laughs> yeah, we plan, we plan to have some more episodes about different things later and. I'll probably end up sharing more of that story uh, in this format. But anyway, that's some of the background and the context for, I guess, where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, And Marcy, you know, I met her like I had been sober for, I don't know, six years or something by the time we met. Yeah, I think so. And so she wasn't with me like in in the trenches in that way, but she has been a huge support for me. Um, cause there's still some residual stuff that yeah. comes up and she's... we've had a lot of good conversations. <laughs> Con- we've had a lot of good conversations. Chats. Chats. Chat <laughs> with your partner. <laughs> the sister podcast. <laughs> Look for it. No, I'm just kidding. You can't promise that. <laughs> Got our hands full with this one. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, and, and also, um, I think, as I've studied it kind of professionally and talked to a bunch of people about it, um, it's a 
sensitive topic. I think people have a lot of strong feelings about substance use. We're not going to talk so much about, or not even, yeah, not very much at all about addiction itself today, because that's like a whole separate topic. Um, but we probably will at some yeah, eventually. future time. <laughs> Let us know if you like that sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, email us, chatwithyourkids at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, message us on Instagram, whatever. But the two are related. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it a little. It'll come today. up, yeah. Um, but we're mostly gonna talk about drugs and how to chat with your kids about drug use or substance use. Um, and to get us started, I guess we have a few reflection questions. Um, and this first one, so some of these are gonna sound a little tangential, but I'll give the reasons and hopefully help connect the dots here. So the first one is when you hear the word alcoholic or drug addict. What comes to mind? And we all probably have an image of somebody come to mind, and we have assumptions about who that person is and what their life is about and their character, probably. And there's um, a study that was done in 2019 by ERP and colleagues, and it was about addiction, identity, and morality. And they gave the people that were in the study these short stories about uh, an identical person. So, But everybody that was in the study got one of two versions of it. So all the details about the person's life were the same except for one thing. For one group of people, they read a story about somebody who had a normal kind of non-addict life and then later became addicted to drugs. And then the other group of people read a story about the same exact person, but they started off as a drug addict and then later recovered. And the study was looking at how do people perceive the moral character of this person in the short story. Figurative person, but still. And what they found was the vast majority of people, when they see somebody who lived a life without drugs, but then started using and became addicted they're more likely to say that's a good person innately and in their addiction they've moved away from their true good inner character. Whereas when people see the story, they read the story about the person who was addicted first, that's how they get to know the person, and then that person later becomes clean or recovered, they're, they're very unlikely to say that that person is moving towards their true good inner character. Um, and this is important when chatting with our kids because we all bring something to the table when it comes to how we view substance use. We all think something about it and we might make attributions about people's character based on whether or not they use substances. But I guess the point of the, the study and the point of the story, why are we even talking about this, is that we don't really know, like when we're looking at other people that use, we don't really know their full story. We don't really know all the reasons why they use and what it means in their life. Um, and so the reason why I'm asking this question is to help us consider what our assumptions are so that we can kind of withhold judgment when we come to uh, talk to our kids about this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting that study even in like the frame of like your experience. I think I've even seen that 
like in people's reactions when you share that you were like previous addicted to drugs i think there's a lot of like surprise like that couldn't be so no alex i mean obviously i think he's great (laughs) um he's you know he's really sweet and articulate and he's you know so i think it does often come as a surprise to people and it, it is interesting to watch people like kind of just process that because there is maybe this like idea in in our minds that like has been shaped of what you know it means to be somebody who uses illegal drugs or whatever yeah Yeah, well i think i come across like the way that i look the way that i talk i come across as this very conventional person which i'm not Mm -hmm. really at all but (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) people like that's the first thing they see and assume about me is like oh it's just a straight-laced kid that would never cause any trouble and like so then it's like what the heck like that's really surprising yeah anyways kind of thought that was was interesting study yeah um the next question is what are your opinions about drug policy and maybe this is something you've thought about maybe it's something you haven't really thought about but i think as we talk a little bit about it you'll say okay no i do have an opinion on this for Um, sure i'll bet you you kind of just talk about it yeah yeah so i'm this is a really general categorization so it probably doesn't include everybody exactly but I kind of put this into four categories. So there's kind of like the libertarian view, which is like anybody can use drugs or substances just as long as it doesn't hurt other people or infringe on my rights. Um, there's kind of like the zero tolerance policy. That's kind of the the spirit of the war on drugs, um, like the kind of very strict incarceration policies. So like, you know, very high sentence, very long sentences for possession of cocaine for example or like eight-year sentences or in in prison um there's the harm reduction kind of mindset which is like hey people are using substances um maybe it's not ideal but people's lives are kind of in danger there's diseases that are being spread and people are overdosing so let's provide clean needle programs and education and housing for you know homeless folks who um are having like troubles with substance use as well, right? Like these are all efforts to kind of make the problem less bad, um, even if it's not necessarily moving towards the ideal yet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and then there's kind of like the very, I guess, open, permissive, like full decriminalization or legalization mindset. So you might find yourself falling into one of those four or something totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, there's a lot of in between, and yeah, and it's a nuanced um, topic. I think that's kind of Marcy and I's position on most of these things is that there's a lot of nuance, um, a lot of things to pay attention to. But I think this matters because this can kind of our political views about substance use can kind of map onto our parenting style sometimes, or there can be some correlation. Mm-hmm. Uh, not always, but I think. It's important to reflect on this because it'll bring up probably some feelings about it that we can also reflect on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, what I'm like really thinking about, I think, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about this, but I think that there's this was certainly a topic that was brought up a lot in school. And I, you know, every school is different. Some schools have D.A.R.E. programs. Some school, you know, every school had different really. things. Um, ours had what was called like Red Ribbon Week. And it was just like, education prevention 
And I remember doing these like campaigns and every year it was a different campaign and we did like a spirit week. Like, and the one that like comes to mind is like one of the big campaigns was like drugs bug me. And we all like came to school dressed as bugs, which is like kind of so funny when I think about it. Like, it's like, I just like love the PTA, like overlapping like a spirit week with like drug awareness and prevention like I just that's funny as I think about it now but like a lot of and like there was a lot of those like I think just like slogans like you know I think some helpful like tools of like practicing just say no and you know practicing in peer pressure and then a lot of just like slogans like yeah drugs bug me drugs are bad like um you know I don't know and I think that did really shape a lot of like I was, like, as a kid and, like, you know, I was just, like, drugs are bad. (laughs) And, like, anybody who has anything to do with them, bad. (laughs) Like, that is, like, definitely shaped my, like, that was, I mean, that was very much my kid framing. There wasn't a lot of nuance in, like, maybe understanding why somebody would choose to use drugs or anything like that. It was just, like, bad, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? I don't know. Yeah, and we'll talk more about this, but I think that comes from a place of, like, it's definitely well-intentioned. Yeah, for sure. But I think that it's, a lot of times, like, we're afraid of, like, rightfully so. I mean, there are things to be afraid of, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, well, I don't know, we're afraid of something really bad happening to our kids. We're worried about their safety. Mm -hmm. And then we come at it with, like, a very harsh stance, like, absolutely no, never do this. It's going to ruin your life. It's absolutely horrible. Um, But then there's not much else Mm -hmm. other than just like the hard no. Yeah. Like I think like, I think, yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is like, that was the message. Like, like I really like drugs are bad. Like I don't remember. And I'm sure there was more information given, but I don't really remember any other information besides like drugs are bad. I don't know (laughs) if there was any other. And there might not have been. The the things that I saw as a kid, because I remember... So, like, they they always showed us in our schools, like, the picture of, like, because I guess sometimes smoking cigarettes can make, like, exactly white, like, the hairy about. tongue pictures. exactly what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, or, we like, those too. I remember in my high school, we had, like, a school counselor who was also a drug, like, a substance use counselor or whatever, and I actually met with her for a while my senior <laughs> year, but uh, she's actually a cool person, but anyway, um, she posted these flyers in the bathroom stalls that were, like, don't use whatever drug, I don't even remember, but, like, I think meth, like, um, after a while, like, you can't, you you sweat it out, but you can't sweat it all out because there's so many, like, harsh chemicals in it, and so it dries under your skin and makes you, like, really itchy and your skin flaky, and I remember reading about, I was, like, in the bathroom, like, reading this thing, and I was, like, oh, that's kind of gross, but I, it didn't stop me from using it, you know, like, there mm-hmm. wasn't, uh, it was just, like, wow, that was gross, and then you use, if you're, a kid that ends up using, you use and then you find out like, hey, those things aren't happening to me because little kid brain doesn't think about 10 years from now. It's just like, oh, I'm using and my skin's not flaking off. Like, I've got no sores on my body. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine. You know, there's no problem here. So like that kind of, like, I don't know. Scared. Yeah. And then I was like scared. Like all of those campaigns scared me. Like somebody's going to force me to do drugs and make my skin itchy. Like just like living <laughs> in fear, I think a lot of fear tactics. And I, again, like I think providing information is helpful, but we want to maybe today expand the 
conversation to, I guess, elevate um, above simply just the fear tactics. Um, or just avoiding the information without the fear mongering. Yeah, yeah. And then also Still some per- other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Love that. Okay. The last reflection question is, what are your personal values or beliefs about substance use? So I think this is a separate question because it, it may not be that your personal values align with your political views. So, for example, like you might have libertarian political views like, hey, it doesn't matter if other people use, but I don't and I'm not going to. Like That might be your personal ethic, right? Um, and anyway, so some things to consider maybe are like, do you view like alcohol or marijuana as gateway drugs? Um, does substance use scare you? I guess that's, <laughs> that's already been brought up. What do you think of other people who use? Um, why do you feel comfortable or uncomfortable with using? Like, what is it? Um, if you can dig down kind of deeper than what you normally think of, just like one layer deeper, like, is it about health? Is it about wanting to have, like, I, I hear a lot of people saying like, I just want to be in control of myself. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. ever be in a position where I don't have, control of how I think or act, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. What is it for you? Yeah. And I think like a lot of that too is like, even like, where does your information about this topic come from? Like, is it like your red ribbon week or equivalent, (laughs) you know, like, is it media depictions? Um, or maybe it's experience with a family member and maybe, you know, maybe you do have a loved one who, use substances and and maybe you didn't feel safe when they were high or drunk or you know maybe you know whatever and maybe you have that close personal relationship or maybe you even you yourself um and so there are yeah there's a lot of places i guess that we can get our information from yeah and that would chat with your kids is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to hope we're not going to share a lot of information about specific substances or whatever, but, uh, we're going to talk about kind of three things today. So like, why do people use substances? Um, which I think sets the stage for the other two. So talking about talking, chatting with our kids about substance use preventatively and then addressing substance use with our kids uh, as like an intervention or once it's already begun. If you know, hopefully, hopefully you don't have to have that conversation, but I think it's good well, we to you have tools. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So why substance use? So this is actually uh, like a deep question of mine because I have my own experience with it. And I guess I can share like the thing that ultimately led me to use was I had, I lost my dad. Like it was extremely painful and for a a year or so after like I kind of just waded through this kind of grief and anger and loneliness um and then I I learned that my friends were smoking weed I didn't really know like I didn't I not really even thought about it ever but um I just spent time with these friends and they were all smoking and seemed fine and it wasn't a big deal and one time I was hanging out with one of my friends and uh, we were like playing video games or whatever and I like, I like saw that he had some weed and I was like can I smell that and he's like yeah uh, and I smelled it and it whatever I had this experience and that was kind of like I didn't use then but like my curiosity was peaked because here's this thing in front of me that um, so ultimately like for me it was kind of like 
I had these friends in my life, but the main thing was like this kind of deep emotional pain that I didn't know how to deal with. Um, and I kind of thought like, probably this will help. And then the first time that I did use it did like, it was like the first time I had felt like any kind of alleviation from that emotional pain. Um, and so that was really motivating that mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is the first time I don't have to think about it. I don't have to hurt. Like, here's an answer. Um, it turned out to be not a great answer in the long run, but mm -hmm. it did help in the short run. So yeah, I had this, I had that first experience getting high. Um, and then I used just kind of like, that was towards the end of my junior year. And I used off and on just kind of a few times through the summer. But then at the beginning of my senior year, like by the time senior year had started, I was like heavy into it. I was like, I was smoking too much. And this is kind of how I found out. Um, I, well, and not just, you were not just using weed, right? Well, pretty soon after this is when all that other oh, okay. stuff started. Okay. But <clears throat> this is where I first realized like something was different. So I, it was like two weeks into my senior year and, um, it was, I was on the football team, but I wasn't actually a good football player. I just, I, I liked athletics, but I, I wasn't very good at football, but anyway, um, I was hanging out with my friends. We were all getting high. It was a Friday afternoon right after school. And it was like a few hours before the football game, like the second football game of the year. And we're all sitting there getting high. And I think my friends even made some joke about how like I was supposed to go to the football game later. And anyway, one of my friends was like, you know, guys, I really like that we get together and we do this. It was like twice a week that we got together and got high together. He was like, I'm really glad that we get together and do this. Like, it's really nice that we just get to get high together and talk. And I noticed like all my other friends were like nodding and kind of in agreement that like, this is kind of the this sacred ritual that we have that the only time we get high is together. Like it's this fun social thing. And I immediately like felt shame because it was not that way for me at all. Like I was already at that point, I was getting high before school, like not just smoking a little bit. I was like smoking a lot. I was getting really high before school. I was like leaving school, uh, partway through the day to get high. Um, and then just like smoking the rest of the day after school, like it was already like a pervasive problem. And then pretty soon after that, um, I got into some harder drugs, um, like ecstasy and mushrooms and painkillers and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it it did decline rapidly for me. Yeah. But it's important to know it didn't for my friends. Like, my other friends knew that I was using harder drugs, and they thought that was really bad. Like, they were like... Alex. Scared for you. Yeah, they didn't like it. Yeah. And they, they wouldn't... Anyway. Well, I think that, like, is kind of going back to the why. Like, why you, people use substances and, like, being that... I guess that question or understanding and that curiosity. And this actually maybe goes a little bit later on in no, like relevant. yeah but kind of like i think understanding and if you're able to talk about that like your why like you mentioned was like masking the pain <laughs> like you had this grief you had just so many emotions that you weren't able to face and you i mean you used it as like a coping skill <laughs> like mm -hmm. like you said like not a really healthy coping skill or one that like helped you out 
Whereas, like, it sounds like maybe some of your friends, it was more of, like, a connecting. Like, it was, like, yeah. a social ritual, and it helped them feel connected to each other, and it was maybe... And so, like, those whys were a little different, and so I think just the way you would engage in that conversation mm-hmm. would be different. But I think that's also helpful to, like, yeah, just, like, there's reasons people use drugs. Like, yeah, and, and that... it's not just to be bad, <laughs> like, yeah. right? Yeah, I think that's why, like, all this reflection about what are our values about using and then what, talking about the reasons first is so important because... To be honest, in some ways, I've kind of lost contact with what, like, the general population thinks about. Because I swim in this stuff all the time. So, like, I sometimes feel like a little... I don't really know what people think in general about substance use. But there is something about, like... I don't know. Sometimes people think it's about, like, rebellion or wanting to be bad. And I think that people worry about, like, peer pressure and peer influence. And something that is true for my story, but is also true for other people as I've interviewed people... Um, is that peer pressure isn't always actually bad. Like in my case, I actually had, I had friends, most of my friends actually thought that my use was too much and that I was using too hard of drugs. Um, I didn't listen or care that much what they thought, but like that, and I like, there were friends, there were people that I talked to, they were like, you know, you're really kind of crossing a line here. Like you shouldn't. So peer pressure, even though those are also some of the same friends that like allowed me to start using um, they were protective in another way. So peer peer pressure isn't, I think it's something we disparage a lot, but it's not always negative. I mean, another example from my research is that there were, so there's actually a few people that I interviewed that suffered similar losses to me earlier in their life. So like one, one person lost both their parents in an accident when they were 15. Um, and another person, uh, when they were like, I, I don't know, like a later teen, they they had a best friend that they had been close with all growing up and they were like brothers and that person died and so the person i interviewed was just absolutely devastated and wanted to end their own life like they really couldn't see they were closer to that friend than they were to like any of their family members so they felt like there was no reason to really live and go on and in both these cases these people had friends who saw that their emotional pain was kind of out of control like they didn't they were worried about their friends and introduced opioids as a way to manage their pain their emotional pain which well-intentioned we might look at that from the outside and say like that may not have been the best thing but in the one person's case it kept them alive like they didn't take their own life and eventually they were able to recover too but there's, it's, I guess it's mixed. It's nuanced, right? It's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. But I think that is like a good, because I think they're also, and I mean, you have, to, obviously we're not going to go into like all your stories today, but I know you had some friends later on when you were into harder drugs that were like, just like a downright bad influence and did not care For about sure. you at all. Right. Yeah, so yeah. like there still is like negative peer influence as well. But I think, and what I like about like those examples and the stories you gave is I think those are good, like even conversation starters of like, not just saying don't give into peer pressure, but like, why, why do you think a friend would offer another friend drugs or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like what would do, what do you think the motivation would be behind that? And I think a lot of like media has a lot of like peer pressure situations. So, you know, as you're watching a show and maybe you come across that, that could be a good, um, 
mm. example, or even again, we talk about like using the podcast. It's like, I heard this story on a podcast and I thought that was really interesting. And yeah, like, um, so I think that is a good conversation starter. And I think it could have, you could have a lot more meaningful conversation about peer pressure than just like, don't give in to peer pressure. <laughs> like, but just like really exploring, like, why would one friend offer this to another friend or, or what are the situations that would happen in what what are your friends sharing with you like what is it that they want you to do yeah you, right like if especially if your kid has always been ex- already been exposed to drugs mm-hmm. or is using yeah you know, what is it that your friends want to share with you yeah i like yeah i like that or and then like i think you can also like talk about it like just like a conversation about peer pressure in general like like, I love how you talked about positive peer pressure. I have one of my, like, best friends from high school as adults. She, like, yeah. laughs. And she's like, you guys, like, I should not have been an honor student. I hated school. But I was, like, peer pressured by all of you into, like, being a good student and caring about school. And she's like, I have you to thank for, like, you know. But I thought it was, like, so funny that she was like, yeah, like, I just didn't even like school. But, like, socially to fit in with our friend group you all took honors classes and you all cared about your grades and we had study parties and it's just like what she did you know mm. so i think yeah we're getting like a little sidetracked but i think yeah like no but it's it's just like know. a yeah like maybe just expanding the narrative or the conversation around like peer pressure mm-hmm. yeah and there's some just to wrap this part up there's a couple of there's there's a, a lot of reasons why people use but um others can be curiosity um some can be fitting in, kind of like you were talking about just now. There's a piece of like wanting to belong, wanting to fit in. And I think all of us, Some this is another thing that I think we maybe are quick to disparage. But oh, like, like fitting in is a bad thing and that we should all try to like stand out or be different or whatever. But honestly, like fitting in is not a bad thing like there's so i i consider myself to be like a contrarian and Mm -hmm. i kind of i I don't mind um pushing against social norms or ignoring them sometimes um but that being said like there's a ton of ways that i do like to fit in and like that's normal like that's actually a good thing if we didn't want to fit in we'd all be like anti-social like Mm -hmm. anarchists that don't not not that anyway just that we'd all be not caring about each other pretty Mm -hmm. much um yeah yeah and i think like and i think with that just like again like fitting in versus maybe like i think maybe what you're saying is even like belonging belonging yeah yeah like i feel like there's a difference between like being cool or fitting a mold and then like really just feeling like you belong somewhere and i think that's what what we want yeah. Feeling connected, feeling like a valid member of the community, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Whatever that community is, if it's the high school, if it's a certain friend group, whatever. Yeah. If it's a family. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think one of the reasons, and we were kind of talking about this earlier before we recorded, why like even just having a conversation and understanding the why is important. I think it's important for a lot of reasons. I think it's important for us to just think about in context of our kids. If we have a kid who wants belonging really badly and is just has not found that then we maybe should be a little more aware heightened of like how can we support them to to find like a healthier a healthy way to belong or you know whatever reason if we have yeah and we were talking and about this and i was saying you know like this actually this episode i feel like a lot of episodes i always refer back to like the coping skills episode but i think it it is important and 
drugs do serve a purpose. Like for you, they they served this purpose of helping you numb that pain for a time, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I think like just acknowledging that there is like a reason can be really helpful because then I guess this is like a bad metaphor, but like if you had two drugs, right? Like two pills that had the same purpose, but one had some really negative side effects and one did not, you would want to choose the pill that did not have the side effects. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I think helping your child see and maybe expanding that conversation of like, Drugs may help you find belonging or they may help you numb the pain or give you a really exciting time or just whatever, whatever it is. And there also are a lot of side effects, right? There's, you know, some can lead to addiction. It can disrupt brain development, especially in a young age. It can have social consequences, legal consequences, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Impair your judgment. So you know, there are some side effects, but recognizing it does serve a purpose. So how can I help my child find something healthy, a healthier behavior that could also serve that purpose? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about that kind of as we talk about the next two pieces here, but I wanted to throw out, so if you are, if you find yourself interested in the kind of research, more of like the academic side of this, um, I have a favorite addiction researcher. Her name is Hannah Picard. And um, she has, so the reason why I like her is she's a PhD in philosophy. She has a master's in mental health something. I don't remember actually what it is. But she does, the the point is she does therapy with people who experience addiction. So she's both a philosopher and a therapist. But what I really like about her is she her, her stance on addiction. So she has a few articles. One is The Purpose in Chronic Addiction. Um, is published in 2012. Um, then there's another one, Responsibility Without Blame for Addiction, in uh, 2017. And there's a few others that I really like, but she, she talks about how, like, there's so many reasons why people turn to substances or any really behavior that can become addict- addicting. Um, and that it's really important to understand those reasons and not just have like a blanket statement. Cause I think when we talk about addiction, we kind of try to view it in very black and white terms and, um, it's not so easy to categorize that way. So anyway, she has some nice, like juicy tidbits <laughs> on the intellectual side. If you're interested anyway, um, so the next two parts that we want to talk about really are talking how to talk about how to chat about drugs preventatively and then how to chat about drugs or substances if that's already begun. And in both of these, it's really kind of the same approach uh, with a slightly different tone, and we'll talk about the differences here in a minute. But the approach is obviously the chat with your kids model which is definitely like approach it in small chats be curious listen um and there's another piece here that comes from a therapeutic intervention that marcy and i both really like and it's it was actually designed for helping people who struggle with addictions it's called motivational interviewing and the main like one of the main tenets of this 
actually the main one is to have a good relationship with the person. That's like mm-hmm. deep down what it's about <laughs> yeah. is like, it's about, it's like about having a collaborative kind of caring approach. Um, that's very supportive because what ends up happening is when people get stuck, uh, well, we might want to approach it with an effort to change people and then people get really stuck if we try too hard to change them. And so by coming at them with what's called like the spirit of MI or like this general disposition to like, just be curious, interested, supportive, um, that in so many ways is like the healing magic. Mm -hmm. And then there's the second piece, which is helping people kind of weigh out the pros and the cons. And I think this is so important with substances because so many times we talked about this earlier, there's like in school wide programs, there's like fear mongering or there's just a real fear of us as parents that like we want our kids to be well and we don't want them to be hurt or to be in a risky, dangerous situation. We want them to be safe. And so we might feel fear or apprehension or anger or betrayal or whatever if we find out our kids using and that's going to we're going to want to fix that, right? Like, obviously, we don't want our kid to be in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might have the opposite effect accidentally. Like, So that's kind of where this comes from. So in talking about substance use preventatively, we really want to kind of help our kids brainstorm and understand mostly, like, the reasons for using. I think that's the big one. Um, because instead of just saying, like, no, drugs are bad, make your decision now, like just say no. Like if that's all we're doing, um, our kids are going to be learning about other things that sound interesting maybe at some point, right? Like they're going to hear about kids partying and maybe they're just going to think those are like bad, evil kids. Or maybe they'll be curious and think like, hmm, what's that about? Maybe if I went to that party, I would be more accepted or more popular. But they seem happy. Like seem a lot of happy. people that I interview. That looks fun. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people that I interview say like, I was having such a horrible time and then I see these people that just seem to be doing really well. Like they seem really happy. They seem to be okay. Like they're using these drugs, nothing bad's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's how they get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like you said that like spirit of curiosity is going to like, as you have a good relationship and you ask these questions with like an openness and a curiosity, you're probably going to be more likely to hear the truth because I think, you know, if all it is is like scare tactics, then they'd be like, Oh no, mm -mm, that does not sound. No, you know what I mean? That doesn't sound interesting. Whereas like, and some kids probably like I, as a kid wasn't so interested in that. (laughs) Like it really just, I wasn't super curious and I probably was also just really scared, (laughs) but like, I think, yeah, that relationship piece is so important. Well, and speaking of, this is maybe tangential as well, but speaking of relationships, I was, I remember I was driving somewhere with an acquaintance and, um, we were, we pulled up to a red light and there's a guy smoking on the corner and the person I'm with was like, ugh, gross, that's disgusting. Don't you know what that's doing to your body? And it was, I think probably the way that he had internalized the message from well-intentioned parents to like help keep him safe mm-hmm. was like, Hey, smoking's really bad for you. And who knows what they told him, but that's the way he internalized it was like, it came out as like this harsh judgment about this person that he actually knew nothing about except he saw them smoking. Mm-hmm. 
And at that point in his adult life, it actually didn't serve him in terms of like protecting him from substance use anymore. Because like he already had that behavior ingrained. Mm -hmm. But now he was stuck with this idea that people that smoke are bad Mm -hmm. and that they should be judged and criticized. Mm -hmm. And that's damaging for relationships because guess what there's a lot of people that smoke yeah who have or drink or whatever yeah and they have access to a lot of ideas and opinions and they could yeah and like substance use we like we can't we shouldn't in in any way reduce somebody's like character to like the fact that they use a substance like it doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. because it will miss the person right so like if people have strong views about not using um it can be dangerous way to pass that on i guess Mm -hmm. yeah so i think in this preventative approach we want we do want to educate educate our children and provide them with the information they need because we don't want you know we we know in this in 2023 we know smoking is is not good for you (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of health concerns right Mortality. Um, yeah. One of them. Um, and, you know, along with other, especially, you know, when young children, we know that, like, brain development, substance use affects brain development, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we definitely want to have a preventive approach. We want to talk to them about these things. And also, I think we can still promote empathy. And, mm-hmm. you know, there is that balance right so i think some things are i love like the conversation of why people would use these substances i think we can still provide information on yeah like the impact on the body and the brain right which marcy and i were talking about this earlier like there's a lot of like about neuroscience there's a lot of open questions still i guess even in the scientific community like the people that really study it so we don't want to suggest that like you should go become brain scientists and tell your kids about it. But something that we can def- definitively say is that using substances while our brains are still developing, which happens through adulthood, like up to like 25 or 30 or beyond sometimes. But if we, the earlier we start using substances, the greater possible impact it has on our developing brain. So it could impact memory, attention, impulsivity um like ability to future plan those kinds of things like social functioning mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean it can be that simple that like hey the earlier you start using the more likely it is to have a negative impact actually mm-hmm. and i think that is even like i think that's such an interesting question too of like you know like yeah even with the example you gave with this adult and the smoking of just like kind of like we know that there's all these risks for smoking, you know, mortality, da, 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 right? Show them the pictures that we were shown when we were in elementary school, whatever. And yet some people still engage in that. And maybe, I wonder why, right? And just like, I think that is a good conversation because I think it can go back to like one, instilling some empathy and saying, hey, good people engage in these behaviors. But also, I think also identifying the why, like getting to like, why do people use this? Is it because... Some, you know, a lot of people talk about stress. They always, you know, when they, like, we're talking about smoking, that when they're feeling stressed, they need a cigarette, right? So then we can say, okay, so what are some ways that you deal with your stress? Let's find some good 
coping skills and some things that you could do alternatives, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think just to, along those lines, like, this is the thing that I think is counterintuitive, I guess, in a lot of cases where we don't want our kids to use substances. But the, the counterintuitive yet true thing is that by talking about the the ben the good benefits of substance use, that's actually part of the prevention. Like, that actually really helps kids to make reasoned, informed decisions of their own um, in ways that, like, because if you just say, hey, it's all bad, never do this, I don't want to hear about it, like... And then they, like, do it once and they're like, wait, you told me this was bad, but this is cool. Yeah, because, well, and then, like, sometimes, too, from <laughs> You parents... didn't tell me about the fun part or whatever, yeah. Right, and then sometimes it's accompanied with a threat, like, if I ever see you drunk, I'm going to X, Y, Z, whatever. Um... That's terrifying for a kid. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, not only did I try it and it's actually kind of cool, but like, holy crap, I can't tell my mom or dad about this. Like, And then it can lead to more risky behaviors of like, oh my gosh, yeah, my mom said if I came home drunk, she'd kick me out. So now I, you know, I can't ask her to pick me up. So I have to drive myself home or I have to go spend the night at a friend's house, but I'm not going to tell her where I am or like whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It can lead to lying and other risky behaviors in in an attempt to like keep that concealed. We want to, part of sharing the good reasons also is to build trust because it's real. Like there, there are really good reasons why people drink or use cocaine or whatever. And, um, by being honest about those, it actually makes us a, a reliable and authoritative source of information. Somebody mm -hmm. that can be trusted yeah, I like that. Okay. There's a second part to this, though, which is like, okay, what happens if your child has already started using? And we want to be delicate with this because we don't want to suggest that we have all the answers or make it seem oversimplified and too easy. Um, because... That's a really complex situation. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that come with that, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of times it's not just the substance use, but other things, other behaviors that could be, like Marcy said, there could be stealing or, or lying. It could be stealing. There could be, like in a kid, there could be like truancy. You might see problems in school, like if the substance use is an extended problem. So you might, the point is like you, we understand you might have other concerns as well and that could increase tension in the family system mm -hmm. um, and that's not easy to deal with mm -hmm. so we don't want to reduce your concerns down to something oversimplified mm -hmm. and I think like Alex mentioned earlier you will have your own reaction and your feelings towards the situation are valid it, it's a it's a really delicate and difficult scenario right mm -hmm. yeah and so with this one this is where it gets really counterintuitive, <laughs> but again, the primary goal is to maintain as much as possible the quality of the relationship, to remain the kind of person that our kid knows they can trust or turn to when they actually need the help, because they're using it in an ongoing way right now. Um, or if they're using it all, experimenting or whatever, um, they may not feel any of the negative consequences right now. And so it may not seem like something that they need to address or change. Um, but we want to keep the door open 
for the very real possibility that at some day they will want to change things and that they know they can turn to us to help. So what does this look like? Similar kind of thing, being curious, interested, understanding especially their reasons for using um, in an open, non-judgmental kind of way. But also being curious about like the very, like this is going to sound weird, but like the specific substances they're using and and what it is about them. Like what is their experience with them? Um, so for example, if they're smoking weed, like understanding, like, hey, tell me about weed. Like, what is this? Um, like, I don't really know anything about it. Like, could you help me understand, like, what is it like? Like, what do you know about it? Um, part of this is just like gathering information. And part of it is just showing like, hey, this is something that we can talk about. And they're probably going to know where you stand on your values and that you probably don't approve. Mm -hmm. But just by showing that you're willing, even though you don't approve, you're willing to talk to them about it. That sets you up. And this isn't, it's not like to be a manipulative thing, but it just puts you in a position to be loving and to be known as the person that cares. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think with this, I think some listeners may be listening and a little bit like skeptical. skeptical yeah. yeah. Which I think is fair. And I think, I think with this, this doesn't mean you're like the mom from Mean Girls, like totally permissive, sure. like anything goes like, right. Like. <laughs> Of course, and especially if you know that your child is using substances, like you can set boundaries, especially to keep them safe. Like, mm -hmm. and that is part of a loving relationship is boundaries are mm -hmm. so important <laughs> and in every relationship and it is a way to show you love. And so I think, you know, with this, it's finding that balance of, yeah, you, you don't want you know, just screaming and yelling and consequences um, because that just likely will lead to just stopping the lines of communication. Um, but then, yeah, but also it's okay to hold boundaries and keep your child safe and communicate with them about that. Yeah, I, have a, I actually have a parallel here. So I worked in a residential treatment center for, or it's like a residential boarding school for um, adolescent boys and I was a residential staff there so I you know I, I was like a team lead and I helped kind of get the kids to school and help them with their learning process in the school and everything and uh, there's one I remember there's one person that I was having a hard time working with and uh, as the residential staff we worked really closely with the therapist to just like get support and coaching on how to interact with the kids and how best to help them. So I went to this one student's therapist just to say like, Hey, I'm kind of having a hard time here. Like usually I had a pretty good relationship with this kid, but on this one day, like it was really tough. I was trying to help him like get his room clean because they had to do that before breakfast and then before school. And he just like wasn't. And I was feeling really frustrated and I didn't really know what to do. So when I went to this therapist, He's like, well, what are you trying to do? Like, draw it on this whiteboard here. And I was like, so I drew, like, me and this kid, stick figures, and I was like, I'm trying to hold a boundary. And I put, like, he's like, what does the boundary look like? And I put this, like, line between myself and the kid. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to hold this boundary, and, like, he just won't do it. And he was like, look at where you drew the line. Like, the boundary is between you and him. So you're trying to, like, push him to do something. 
and he like erased it and drew a circle around us. And he's like, what if the boundary looked like this? Like, what if you joined him more? And I guess that's the, that joining, that's like the purpose. It's a family therapy principle, but like, that's the purpose of being curious about the substance use is that it's to the end of joining with so that we can collaboratively have boundaries mm -hmm. and not coming, trying to come in forcefully from the outside because mm -hmm. we might actually push the person away. So mm -hmm. I think that point about boundaries is, is yeah. like spot on, but the, the spirit of it is to join with, to like do it as a team. Mm -hmm. That's the, the ideal. Yeah. So to clarify, yeah. not joining them with the substance abuse, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> join them in curiosity and setting boundaries and exactly. understanding their experience. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. That's I did. I, that is the first time I heard that story. There you go. <laughs> well, and it might look like, hey, you know, like I, I'm kind of in a tight spot here. You know where I stand with substance use, but I really love you. Like I'm, and I have to be real. Like I have these fears, you know, like mm -hmm. this is kind of what I know. This is what I think about. And I just want you to be well. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to push you away. Mm. So like, what can we do? Like, how can I, how can we work together? Mm. Um, yeah. I love that. Because that way you still have your stance and it's yeah, pretty, it's firm. Yeah. But it's also soft. It's loving. I love that. Well, we've already sprinkled some conversation starters in throughout, but a couple more, maybe just to reiterate some of them. Yeah. So like we've talked about, um, a great way to start the conversation, you know, as we've mentioned, the chat with your kids model is a lot of tiny conversations. So, um, throughout their life, just here and there casually talking about it and, Media is a great example. There are so many media examples, um, you know, depending on what movies and shows you watch. Um, we were just talking about one that stood out from like when we were, I don't know, I don't even know what year this yeah. movie came out, when we were young. Yeah. But I remember it and it like really did, it had an impact on me and the minute I brought it up, Alex was like, yes. And it was like a walk to remember where there's like a scene where there's some teenagers and they're drinking and there's peer pressure and one jumps off this like tower and he is, you know, has this major injury or whatever. Anyways, maybe that like sparks an emotion in you. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so using media examples to bring up the conversation. Mm -hmm. Second is like, you know, if we're aware that the school is running a campaign or something, maybe you're on the PTA, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but just knowing kind of loosely what's going on and then asking, Hey, like, Asking our kid, like, hey, what's your experience of this thing? Yeah, continuing um, the conversation. Yeah, exactly. What's going on at school? You yourself might not like how the school is approaching it either, and it gives you a chance to kind of, like, yeah. interject some of your mm -hmm. thoughts. And I think, like, just like, you know, parents, like, I think school campaigns are getting better and better as well because we just were getting more information and, you know, yeah. Um, another example of conversation starters is is just real life family members and experiences with people that we love i think that we mostly all everybody has a loved one who you know may experience addiction or you know maybe it is just like at a family party and the adults are drinking and that's a good time to talk about yeah, just like navigating why adults can drink, but a 17-year-old can or whatever, you know? So 
Well, they um, can in some countries. They can in some countries, yeah. <laughs> so depending on which country you're in, <laughs> the conversation may look different. But um, just, yeah, like real life and experience with family members. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other one could just be like using this podcast or some other random reason to bring it up. Just like, hey, I was thinking about this the other day. Realized we hadn't talked about it yet. Like, what do you think about drugs? Or like, what have you heard about them? Or... You know, just, I don't know, anything that's casual and could start a small conversation. Yeah. And, like, I think definitely when we just bring it up out of nowhere, there's may be some eye rolls, but... I it think could be kids, awkward. Yeah, it could yeah. be a little awkward, but I think ultimately, like, you can be so transparent about that. Like, you know, you probably don't want to talk to your dad about drugs right now, but I just want you to know, like, you can. And so, because I want you to know you can whenever you do have questions, I'm going to bring it up first to show you it's awkward, but we can do it. And you can do it too. It might be awkward, but you can bring it up to me, you know? So, just, like, address the elephant in the room and mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of model that for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are our conversation starters. Um, so, we're wrapping up this episode hopefully there was some interesting information if you have um follow-up questions or comments please reach out to us um we love when like a friend or a family member you know says like oh i had calls and says i listen to the podcast and i have this question and what do you think about this situation with my kid and um we just want you to know even if you don't know us personally we still would love to hear from you yeah start a chat yeah chat with us we love to to talk to you about it one way that you can support the podcast is by sharing with a friend or a family member a loved one leaving us positive reviews wherever you listen to your podcasts and of course reaching out to us so we will chat with you next time